Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us on another fascinating, riveting episode of uh, Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. And I am joined, as usual, by the lovely Miss Karen Rastel. Hello, Karen. Hello. Karen's with Ruoff Home Mortgage, and she is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. So if you need to get a mortgage in Indiana, that's who you need to call. Yeah, I like that. I like that title you've given me. The you, best. I know. I'm, I need to. Uh, bestowed upon me. need to embroider feel, that on a pillow or something. Yeah, I kind of feel like I've been knighted or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> Much like your son calls me. Lady Deb. Lady Deb. Yes. There you go. Uh, we are also joined by Rachel, but we don't let her on the air because she has the face of an angel and the mouth of a sailor. So FCC, you know. Actually, we don't have FCC. So we forgot. Uh, that's what I was told when I was uh, uh, when I was talking with the network about doing the show ages ago, a year and a half ago or whatever. And they're like, yeah, it's the internet. You can say whatever the hell you want. I was like, sweet. I know. It's I like, like that. Howard Stern or something, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so we do curse sometimes, Mom. It's probably the way, only way my mother ever hears me anymore. It's been so busy. It's June, and we are uh, selling houses like crazy. You know, one of the things that if you're listening in a different area outside of Bloomington, thank you for listening in. But, you know, talk with your friendly local realtor and find out what your season selling season is like. One of the things I think is always interesting is that we seem to run on a bit of a different schedule here in Bloomington than in other areas. And Karen, I don't know what it's like, you know, if you know anything about real estate in any other parts, like, you know, where your mom lives or any place like that. But we're in a college town and we die in July. We're done. (laughs) That's it. At least in past years, that's what it's been like. Um, and so I'm always telling people, you know, June, June's a month. You've got to get listed by June or it's going to be too late. And a lot of that's just because of so much of what we do is driven by the university schedule. Um, and most of the university people sort of take off July. And then they come back in August and get ready for school to start. And uh, August, you know, schools start kind of early. And so anyways, you know, a lot of people are just getting started in real estate. Then nothing really happens until um, schools get out, like elementary schools and that kind of thing, which just happened. But uh, we are a little bit different. In February, we start to really heat up. Um, And another part of that that I always think is interesting is because so many leases in town uh, are on this July-August schedule because they all sort of follow the university schedule. If you move to Bloomington in December, good luck to you finding a rental property, a place to live because it's rough. Um, And so everybody's leases are up in July. They have to tell their landlords in February if they're renewing or not. So they kind of make the commitment back in February that they're going to buy a house and then they start rocking and rolling. I've seen some, I've seen some as early as October. So like your your lease just renewed oh, yeah. in August and yep. then here it is October and they're yep. wanting to know if you're going to re up for the next for year. the next August yeah for sure. Yeah. It's the first question I always ask people when they come into my office before like they barely have sat down. I said, "Are you in a lease and when is your lease up?" And you know every once in a while I get someone they're like, "Oh, we're just in a month to month." I'm like, "Oh, God bless you." 
Yeah. Because it's just, it makes it really, really difficult because so many people are competing with that same time frame. Um, so anyways, my point to that was, to, you know, if you're in a different area, kind of find out what that every area sort of has their patterns. Um, and they change a little bit from year to year. You know, I keep telling people this year, I don't really know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, I've been in business for 10 years. So you'd think I would have learned the cycles, but this year is so different than any other year in terms of our shortage of homes mm-hmm. that uh, it may just kind of keep plowing through. Um, I, you know, I have a ton of listings coming up, and um, and they're really good listings. I think we're going to sell really quickly, so I'm excited about that. So I may have a busy June and July where a lot of times July is when we, you know, catch up. Yeah, you catch up and then it picks back up after schools yep. like maybe in September. Yep, unless it's a presidential election year, typically. But that wasn't the case last year either. I never really slowed down. So, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But I see all these people saying, market's getting ready to heat up and it's like, I know, been there since February. But anyways. So, I saw a new HGTV show this weekend. I don't know if you have seen it. It's called Good Bones. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that show? Is that the one with the mother and daughter out of Indianapolis? Yeah. Yeah, I I've seen it. Have you watched? You've watched the show. I've watched a few of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I had seen you know things on Facebook, and apparently the girl that's on the show, the daughter, mm-hmm. I think her name's Mina, maybe. I don't I don't know him that Get well. Get that wrong? Oh my gosh! Someone Google that for me. I should have looked that up. But her husband had the same French teacher that I had. In like middle school. Thank you very much. Okay, there's a connection. Reach out to her. Right, 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 right. Well, it happens. My 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 middle school French teacher. We call her Madame because you know she's our French teacher, uh, and she is the mother of one of my dear friends that you know I've have been friends with for you know since childhood. And so we still keep in touch and do things or whatever, and we call her Madame. And um, uh, so anyway, she said she could make a connection. I don't know. I think that'd be fun. No, I like their show. So the premise is it's a mother and daughter team that's doing flipping, which everybody loves to watch. But they're flipping in some uh, areas of Indianapolis that previously were kind of depressed and are, are in the process of being rebuilt. So like the last, the one that I saw, they bought a house for $4,000. I was like, well, there one. you go. But I know those exist because, in fact, I've actually bought some houses for about that price up in Indianapolis. And then it just ended up, and that was 10 years ago. Man, if and they were in those areas, if we had held on to them, but they probably would have been ransacked by the time we got around to I it. I like their show because I think at the end, their end product, their finished product, uh-huh. to me, doesn't look like every other designer's. Yeah, you know. Well, because they're dealing with these old homes and I feel like they're trying to kind of maintain some of the integrity mm-hmm. or, you know, the interesting. So the show it used to be last year, maybe the first season or two, it was called Two Chicks and a Hammer. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Okay. I guess I've only been watching it since it was called Good Bones. And they call it Good Bones now. So they're talking about going into these, you know, historic homes or older homes and, and fixing them up. And I think the premise usually has uh, a buyer who's sort of interested you know, so they're trying mm-hmm. to kind of fix it up with that target in mind kind of thing. But anyways, I wanted to throw it out there because I don't know how long it's been on HGTV. This weekend was the first time I had seen an episode. I actually went upstairs and Yuris was watching uh, Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna. And I was like, what the hell just happened to my life? I'm not <laughs> sure. I want to say, and, and we will have to look it up, but um, I think that they, that if they're at least in their second season because they got picked up for. Yeah. For another run. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
So anyway, shout out. And Madame says she's going to hook me up and we're going to get him as guests on the show. So we'll see how that goes. I think that'd be fun. It was kind of fun. They had a part in their episode last week where they were trying to get rid of a chimney. Okay. And uh, so they like went up top and kind of chipped away at it. And then the guy was like, I'm just going to push it over. And I'm thinking that's going to fall right through the roof. And <laughs> it did. And it totally fell right through the roof. And it's like, um, okay, there you go. So anyways. All right. Um, and I had a little bit more Zillow news. God help us all. So this popped up on my Facebook last week that was Stop Zillow. Have you seen that? It's no. a petition. So one of my beloved clients, Matt Doreen, who was uh, a guest on the show mm-hmm. uh, a few years last year, um, talking about building, had posted it. And I was like, oh, you're my new favorite person. Because uh, anybody who wants to post anything about Zillow, I'm all on board with, right? So apparently Zillow's got this new, I don't, I don't want to go into a ton of detail because I don't really understand it myself, to be honest with you. But Zillow has this new um, instant offer function that they are offering. Um, and it just seems like they're trying to act like a broker in a deal. So they say, put your house out there, and within a day, we'll we'll give you several multiple offers from in- interested investors. And then we'll pay for you to have an inspection, and then we'll handle the closing. I don't get it. Like, okay, sounds great, right? No. I've not seen who are or these, heard of that. Uh, yeah, well, so who are these people that are making these cash offers without walking inside your home. They're like, if you send us pictures, that would be helpful, but it's not required. Well, what the heck? I mean, yeah, because you're going to go in and be like, well, I can offer 20000 for this house because, you know, right. it's really worth two hundred, maybe. I know, it doesn't make sense to me. So I guess the question is, you know, do you expect to get the most out of your home by not offer, opening it up to the free market? Wasn't this country founded on the free market? Anyways, um, you know, with no one even coming inside. So this is not for most homeowners. And I'd say just really be very, very careful, Um, you know, because most people when they sell, they want to get top dollar. But anyways, this whole instant offer thing is now blown up into something. And there is this petition going around, Stop Zillow, uh, that I think was started by a real estate broker. And he's just trying to get... Normal people, realtors, appraisers, people in the field, and then just homeowners, um, they're writing this petition to the National Association of Realtors to ask them to try to put some pressure on Zillow to back the hell off, basically, um, to kind of calm down with the stuff that they're doing because they're really not stepping on toes. And, and But see, the way that the petition is worded, it makes me feel like, this broker sort of getting his hackles up, you know, like being sort of like defensive. At Zillow? Yeah, or- like, oh, here's competition and we just want to squash the competition. You know, competition makes you work harder. It absolutely does. It's not a bad thing. It makes everybody better, I think. Yes, because if you know that what you are offering is knowledge-based, right. experience of the right. whatever area, I mean, there right. all of those go into play. Right. So. Like, I'm not entirely sure that I would want to work with a client who kind of, quote-unquote, falls for the Zillow instant offer. I don't think that person would be a good match for what I have to offer and how I practice real estate. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't scare me that much. But, you know, I don't know. So, anyways, I'm not saying sign the Stop Zillow. I did sign it. 
because anytime anybody says stop Zillow, I'm like, sure. I, I, don't, I don't even need to read it. But I think they're kind of asking the wrong people. And I found out something else that was kind of interesting as I was doing a little bit of research on this is that there are a lot of large brokerages who don't put their homes on Zillow. I think that needs to be the angle. If realtors are, um, you know, upset with Zillow and, and, and wanting to take away some of their But don't they power. capture your, your information anyway? I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, how, I, I think that the... There's public information out there. Yeah. And I think whether you have the public you- information, but you wouldn't have the real estate listing because that's a feed. And these large brokerages have turned the feed off to Zillow. Okay. So they're not out there. Um, and so that's something I think people need to be aware of. If you are looking on Zillow, which a lot of my clients do, you may be missing some houses because they may, you know, they may not be advertising there so anyways more Zillow drama always fun good to know that I'm not the only one in the I can't stand Zillow and I don't really I mean I don't like Zillow some of this is for fun some of it's for entertainment purposes but anyways that's the deal all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about um, my week from hell last week in the world of real estate and what I have learned from it So we will be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you. 
You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. Look for me on Facebook, Deb Tomorrow Realtor, T-O-M-A-R-O is how you spell it, uh, and follow us there. We've got always got good information and hopefully some good discussions about real estate-related things. So today I thought we would talk about milestones in a transaction and how you know that you're on track to close. Um, and I have a couple of reasons why, uh, you know, as I say every week, when I'm getting ready to prep for a show, I look back and I go, gosh, what happened this week? Uh, and how can I, you know, use that? This show, this week, I actually had a client say, hmm, that would make a good radio show. So this is for uh, Larry, my client, Larry. Um, you know, I had some other clients, this isn't Larry, but some other clients I've been working with, and uh, they are in the process of closing on the sale of their house and then buying a new house in their new home and their new town. And they seem really intelligent people. They've bought and sold several houses, but I can tell that they don't have a lot of idea where they are in the process, or what's kind of supposed to happen next. Um, So they say things like, as we're trying to figure out, you know, when you're selling a house and then buying a house, and we're trying to make sure you're not homeless, and we're trying to make sure you've got a washer and dryer covered, you know, all that stuff, they're not really sure. They're like, well, I don't, I think we leave behind our washer and dryer at our old house, or I think we close sometime in June. So then possession maybe is like a few weeks later, like they're real vague and it's driving me crazy because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> why do you not know this information really, right. really specifically? They're like, I think we're okay on inspections. We're, we're done. The inspection's been done. And that was like a week ago. And then she called me this morning and she goes, oh, we've got some issues with our inspection here. I was like, oh, I thought we were done. Um, okay. Um, and You know, I just, they never really seem certain of anything. And I just would never want my clients to not understand exactly where we are in the process at any given moment. Um, You know, we've used the phrase, we use it a lot back in the beginning, and then we haven't used it lately. So I'm going to have to bring it back, the demand to understand. Mm -hmm. You you have a right to understand what's going on and not just put your fate, uh, the fate of your family, uh, you know, in in the hands of someone else and blindly trust them. Um, And I think that's, it happens a lot. I don't know if you ever get that feeling from clients where you think they really should be asking more questions. Sometimes, but I, I'm hoping that I have thought of prior to them even asking the question that right. I've given them all the information just based off of history, what right. someone will potentially ask right. me. Right. And I definitely know there are times where we get really busy. And so maybe we don't do, you know, the best job of keeping everyone in the loop. Sometimes, you know, when we kind of hit those peak seasons, it's like, if you know here from me, things are going fine. Right. <laughs> and that's all, you know, that's all you need to know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've told this story before probably, but I'm going to tell it again, my first home buying experience um, where everything was fine as far as I knew. But honestly, in retrospect, I had no idea what I was doing or what was going on. And people would just tell me where to be and sign here and do that. And OK, and sort of expected to have keys at the end. Uh, in my hands and so I went to closing and I signed all the documents and I remember the lady being like super pushy like don't read them just sign them and I was like okay I don't really want to read them anyways but maybe a quick glance no okay um and no idea what I was signing but okay fine and then as soon as I was done 
sign the last document. My realtor pulls me out of the room, takes me into another room, closes the door, and says, oh, by the way, the sellers aren't out. I was supposed to get possession at closing. He says, oh, the sellers aren't out. They're not going to give you possession that day. It'll be three or four more days. And what was your... The end. (laughs) That was like the end of the story. It was just a statement. There was no, like, here are your options. There was no, you know, here's what we can do. There was nothing. It was just like, that's what it is. Deal with it. Obviously, you know now. Now I'm appalled. But I'm just, you know, then it begs to, you know, it raises that question. Why would that, why would your realtor not have brought that to your attention prior to? Because you could have just said, you know what? Right. That doesn't, yeah, I'm not going to sign. Right. I I didn't know enough to know that I should be furious. I mean, after the fact, I got furious. But then it was like my realtor wouldn't talk to me anymore because he was like, I got my check. I'm done. Uh, I tried to call his broker. His broker wouldn't do anything. Tried to call an attorney. Attorney was like, oh, we're not going to help you with this. This is just a piddly little case. Somehow we ended up getting some financial recourse because we didn't even know what recourse we had. We did not know um, that, you know, there is a clause in the contract that says if you're not out, Right. If you don't give possession when you're supposed to, there's a penalty. It's a couple hundred bucks a day. Uh, and so we did end up getting money, I think, from the listing agent. And I don't I'm, I don't even remember how that happened. That was a long time ago, and I've had a lot of wine since then. Um, but I, And I didn't know enough to sort of check in on these on major milestones um, so that I would have known this prior to closing. So, like, in retrospect, it's like, okay, you know, I know what I could have done. Mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening, at least to you know be more informed. Because my big thing was that I just felt uh, taken advantage of because I was a first-time buyer. I was like 25 years old. And, um, and you know, I think they were just like, have her sign everything and then we'll deal with it. Yeah, like what is she going to do? Right, because she doesn't know any She wants better. this house anyway. Right. She'll just have to right. deal with it. And- right. It's mm. a week or two or whatever the delay was. Yeah. It, it, it just drives me crazy. This complete aside. But that realtor still, like, to the day I sold that house, he would send me postcards. You know, like the recipe postcards that realtors send out that drive me crazy because I'm like, don't pick a realtor because they make a good banana bread. But anyways, I, yeah, I was like, dude. Well, that's also, too, when, you know, I don't know if I would do that type of mass marketing to a former client that I thought, oh, that, that transaction didn't, didn't go, go so well, right? as smoothly. Let right. me pull that one from the bunch. Right. But, you know, we've had off the air, con- you know, conversations yeah. about stuff getting sent to, even to you as oh, a Oh my gosh, I get. That you would think, what, doesn't, doesn't this yeah. agent, don't they, you know, go through that list and at least like pull yeah. out other I get solicitations and- from other realtors all the time. I'm like, do you not look at your list? Save some money. Right. Do you not know my name? Come on. But I got one recently from like one of the owners of the company I work for. I was like, dude, really? Like, "Mm, thanks for telling me how you're marketing to people so that I can, you know, borrow that idea, but whatever. Okay. So my story was on the buying side, certainly not the end of the world, but it was annoying. And you know, one of the things I hate in, in, in my job when I'm working with clients, I want people to have a really good experience. And at the end of the day, my experience at the very end was sort of tainted. It was sort of annoying and, you know, ended with some tears and some things like that. So I don't want that. No crying with Deb. 
So what about the selling side? Well, I've got stories for that too, so just don't <laughs> worry. Um, so we're going to start with last week. I know you've heard the story, so I'm sorry to make you sit through it again, but I'm still not over the pain of what happened last week. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, no I mean, but but your listeners have not heard this story. No, no, no. So, and this is, this is the one where my uh, seller said that this needs to be a radio show. And so, here we are. It is a radio show. So, here's what happened last week. Um, I had a closing scheduled right after doing this live show last week. And I knew I was going to be a little bit late. So, I drive across town, get there. My seller's sitting in the lobby. I breeze in. I look like such an idiot. I was like, hey, let's get this transaction to closing, right? I'm all chipping and upbeat and blah, blah. He's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, why not? And he goes, no one else is here. And I'm like, what the... And It's internet radio. You can say I whatever. I could. I know, <laughs> right. but then we feel guilty about right. it because, you know, somebody's... Well, tell your listeners that the seller's not from our this town. They drove. They drove down about 50, 60 miles or so mm-hmm. to come to closing and come to find out that the lender was not ready to close on the buyer's loan yet. But no one bothered to tell us at all. So we're sitting there, I'm sitting there, and they go, well, the lender sent you an email. That's what the title company said. The lender says she sent you an email. I'm standing there looking like an idiot because I'm like, no, no, no emails. And everybody knows that if I don't respond to an email within 30 seconds of receiving it, I'm probably dead. And But they just kept saying, well, she sent you an email. Well, it turns out she sent it to some made-up email address that doesn't even exist. And again, I have to say, I'm a realtor. I'm easy to find. So, I know. long story short, uh, the lender wasn't ready. They can't tell us when they're going to be ready. Um, the title company chick was frightened. She, she goes, Deb, I've never seen you like this. She was frightened by She was you. frightened by me. She was sitting there. She goes, I have never seen you like this in 10 years. And I was like, yeah, I'm not happy at all. Um, but my point, so he's saying, you know, hey, this should be a, a, a topic for the show because here's what I keep coming back to and I can't get anyone to answer. And it doesn't really matter because I need to focus on just getting it closed. But, you know, at some point in business, when things go wrong, you have to stop in debrief and look back and figure out what you can do differently to keep this from happening, right? One of the challenges on the selling side, and we're going to talk about this, is that we're not privy to a lot of the details of what's going on with the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so how do you keep on top of the progress of the loan when the lenders can't really tell you anything? The lenders really don't have authority to speak to you know, the listing agent, the other side. Um, And that makes things really tricky. But there were some things, you know, I had talked to the buyer's agent about four days, four business days before closing. She said everything was on track. And then on uh, the business day before closing, I had received uh, documentation from the title company as normal. So that led me to believe everything was on track. So I had been checking in and um, there were signs, things that should have happened a week before that hadn't happened. Um, But no one told, I guess the lender kind of just kept that to themselves. So there were a lot of, Karen's so good at keeping her mouth shut. Well, it's hard to say what was going, you know, it's hard to say what was going on with that lender or, or that loan or the borrower or mm-hmm. what was happening. And like you said, as the, as the seller's agent, you aren't privy to what's going on and nor is the buyer's agent either. However, you know, as a lender, you can tell, the buyer's agent, you know, I've discussed what's going on yeah. with the client. Right. 
you need to speak with your right. client as well right. type of and thing. I guess my point is I think there were some specific questions I could have asked and gotten answers to to realize that we weren't going to close on time. Um, you know, there's a document that needs to go out three business days before closing for the buyer to sign. And I think maybe I just need to add to my checklist, you know, three business days. Hey, did this disclosure go out for someone to sign? I need the buyer to confirm that because if that's happening, then that means that you're on track. See, I set that I set that reminder a few more days sooner yeah. than that, just so it's on my horizon. Like, okay, I really need to have that in the next day or so, and I want to be on top of it. So the next two segments, we're going to talk about some of those little milestones, and certainly there are things that your realtor should be doing, but as a buyer, I want you to be, or or a seller, I want you to be empowered. Um, And so it's just kind of a simple, you know, 10 or 11 item checklist of things um, that, that you can ask Uh, about to make sure that the transaction is progressing. So I highly recommend uh, pulling out a pen and paper or a stylus and a (laughs) iPad uh, note taker. I don't know what people do with notes anymore. All the kids take their laptops to college. I use pen and paper in my notebooks, whatever. All right, because what do you doodle on if you're just taking notes? That's the problem with kids these days. They don't have notebooks to doodle on. Mm. Mm. Anyways, all right, so we'll be back to talk about that more on Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we are back talking about those major milestones that you need to be aware of and be empowered, demand to understand uh, so that you can kind of be in control. So this show is perfect for those people who have control issues. You got OCD? Tune in. I can help you out today. Um, (laughs) I don't mean it like that. But, you know, there are people that need varying degrees of information. I have some clients. That's me. That is me. And I so appreciate when they kind of communicate that up front. I had a client recently, and she was like, what exactly happens at closing? And I knew she meant, like, can you write me out a little paragraph on what exactly happens at closing? Yes, I can do that. Yes. And if it gives you peace of mind, I'm happy to do that. And other people are just like, just point where I need to sign. Uh, That's fine. Yes. Do you remember the one with uh, the uh, fell through the attic? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. When that buyer said to me, what happens at closing? Yeah. I thought, oh, he needs step-by-step. Step. So yeah. that's what I gave him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So that's what this show is about. But uh, I encourage everyone, even if you don't have control issues, to be informed and be aware. First of all, I have to give a shout out to Ruoff, and there are a few other mortgages companies that do this. But ask your lender if they send out automated updates, because I love those. I don't know how you feel about them, Karen, but I love them. I love them, Um, too. The very first company that I I worked for that kind of brought that here to Bloomington or was the first time it was like everybody was loving it. Yeah. And it was so easy to keep everybody informed. Yeah. So the nice thing is that uh, it can be set up where the buyer's agent and the listing agent get certain updates. The uh, the buyer has to approve that. But at least we know some major milestones where it's cleared underwriting, when the appraisal has been reviewed and that sort of thing. And that is awesome. Um, and so that's a lot of what we we're going to talk about today. So we're going to talk buyer side. And the next segment, we're going to talk seller side. So on the buyer side, um, you know, the first thing is the earnest money. That you have a deadline. Do you know when that deadline is to turn over your earnest money, which is that amount of money that you put down just to kind of hold the house while you run through your contingencies? You know, deadlines are this overriding theme in a real estate transaction, and I'm amazed at how parties don't know that. In fact, I'm dealing with one right now. <laughs> a realtor who doesn't understand deadlines, I think. I always, I look, well, it's always a generic or a canned response when I send it back, like, hey, I got your purchase, you know, your offer to purchase. Mm-hmm. Can you send me a copy of the earnest money? Like, I've already looked and yeah. I know that you're not going to get it for two days right. or three days or whatever, but yeah, that way I know I've thrown it out there right. that, I, that I need a copy Yeah, because I mean, on the buyer side, your lender should be working in tandem with your realtor to help you make sure, you know, I always tell my buyers, uh, you know, don't worry. If you need to be doing something, your lender and I will make sure you know what you need to be doing. Uh, if you don't hear from us, then you're doing fine, but we will nag the heck out of you. Do you say that with 
every lender that a buyer chooses like what if you don't know how that lender I'm just and then I say curious. I will now I will make sure you know what you need to be doing I was just curious I don't trust all the lenders but yeah <laughs> um, a good realtor is going to make sure you know your deadlines and that's a great question to ask too when you're interviewing realtors is ask them you know, how do you keep a transaction on track and how do you keep yourself organized like for example I have spreadsheets so when I have an accepted offer it goes first thing I do is I put it onto my spreadsheet and my spreadsheet has all my little check boxes all my milestones that I need to make sure that I'm checking off along the way and I have that spreadsheet on a Google Doc so I can access it on my phone on my iPad on any computer that I am in the world and I refer to that spreadsheet multiple times a day just to go okay where are we on this transaction have we ordered the home warranty have we you know done the appraisal that kind of thing Um, so again great question to ask uh, when you're interviewing realtors because you could lose a lot of money you could even lose the house if you miss a deadline Um, the next thing is uh, your loan application Uh, do do you know you have a deadline for that I don't think people know that. I do because I, I read know. it and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I just right. got this contract and they've been under contract for two weeks or, or right. whatever. And usually it's going to say that they've, they three days agree to apply days. for the loan mm-hmm. within yeah, three or five days. Now, this is Indiana contracts, but most contracts are pretty similar. And I actually had a deal. Um, the the buyer was sort of backing out because of inspections. And I was like, well, guess what? You never applied for your loan. Yeah. And we get to keep your earnest money. You know, so there's certainly are penalties. So you want to make sure you know what that deadline is for the loan application uh, and uh, and do that, get going on that. Now, Karen, then the next thing really is that the loan file is submitted to underwriting, but I have no idea what that means. It's a secret. It's a secret. So secret underwriters, they're like magic Willy Wonka. Well, some lenders, the next thing is that your file will go to a processor possibly or to underwriting, but either way. Uh, what it means is that after your lender has received that accepted offer, they are working up that file based on the terms of that offer. And then you may you may lock in your interest rate at that time or you may choose not to at that time. Initial loan disclosures are sent to the clients for signature um, and then it goes to the next step. When it goes to an underwriter, the underwriter is that, I don't know, is it like the wizard in the Mm -hmm. Wizard of Oz? Could be. But, I mean, they are the ones that are reviewing all the components of that loan file Mm -hmm. to the loan program that you have locked your buyer Mm -hmm. into um, or that they have applied for and to see if it meets the guidelines of that program. So that initial underwriting when it's submitted is really focused on the buyer, the borrower. Correct. Because I always try to remind people that your lender is not only approving you for the mortgage, but at some point they also approve the home. Yes. They approve the property, but that comes a little bit later in the transaction. Um, And then uh, after that, or at some point when that's going on, we're going to order title insurance. Uh, That's something that one of the realtors usually uh, does. Um, and the contract usually specifies a deadline for doing this as well. And definitely we don't don't wait until the last minute. That's something I do sometimes, which is bad. Um, so that's something, again, you don't need to worry about. But if you want to know what's going on, that should be on your checklist. Hey, was title insurance ordered? You know, what title company are we using? And a lot company? of lenders will ask that of yeah. the buyer's agent. Like, hey, do you know or do you have any idea what title company is being used? Because a lot of lenders are also sending a request to that title company just as a either it's a second hey just want to know you know wanted to let you know that that please order title work if you haven't already received right. the order right. but 
And if you want to know more about title insurance, listen to our shows back on May. Oh, I should have those dates handy. 14th-ish, 21st-ish. Around Mother's Day. Somewhere around there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We did a two-part episode on title insurance. It was really great information with our friend Brittany Libert. So, um, okay, so title insurance being ordered, that's a milestone. That needs to happen. It needs to happen early on. Uh, And then inspections. You know, you have a deadline. Do you know when it is? Okay, these are my questions. Earnest money, you have a deadline. Do you know when that deadline is? Mm-hmm. Inspections, you have a deadline. Do you know when that deadline is? Uh, make sure that you know when that is. I, you know, I always send an email out and kind of say, here's our deadline. You need to have the inspection done by such and such a date. But do you know when that is? I have heard so many stories about people who are like, we didn't know there was a deadline. And we had our inspection done the last day. And we didn't get the report back in time. And we had to just accept the house as it was if we wanted to buy it we couldn't get these major things fixed because we missed our deadline yeah I would think too a lot of buyers agents would say hey I think our I think we're our market right now is pretty busy and you want to get in mm-hmm. in touch with an inspector as yeah. soon as possible just to get on the calendar I'm usually doing 14 or 15 days for inspections but when it gets the height of the season I'll bump it out to 18 just to make sure that we have time for mm-hmm. sure uh, and then at some point there's going to be an appraisal visit again this is as the buyer you don't have to do anything with that the lender orders that and arranges that, but uh, you'll want to make sure that it's done. That's an important milestone that the appraiser is going to go out and look at the house. And then there's going to be a deadline because for them to submit a report back, uh, the lender is going to assign that deadline. And then they're going to review that appraisal. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about the appraiser going physically to the house and walking through the house. It's more about getting that report back and getting the underwriter, the magical and mysterious underwriter to review that appraisal Mm -hmm. um, so that we can make sure that there's no issues with the house. Uh, At some point then uh, in that process that there's going to be insurance that you're going to need to get to, that's an important milestone. You have a deadline on that. At least you have a deadline for there's in Indiana, we have a contingency in our contracts as if you can't obtain reasonable insurance or acceptable insurance uh, within a certain amount of time, then you could terminate the transaction. Rarely happens. Um, You know, usually it's some sort of error if something funky comes up with uh, insurance. So there is a deadline for that contingency. Do you know when that is? That's a question you need to to know. And your lender's going to nag you about insurance. I always tell my buyers at the very beginning when when I start it, get your quote within the next 10 business days because chances are, Within that 10 days, we will be ready to get sometimes final approval subject to the appraisal. Yeah. But it, it, go, it can move that quickly. Right. And you need an insurance quote at a minimum in there. Right. So final approval, like you just mentioned, that's another major milestone. And then sending those closing disclosures out, which we've talked a little bit about, at least three business days, uh, no, no less than three business days before closing, you'll get something that you'll need to sign uh, and that's a huge milestone. If that doesn't happen, you're not closing on time. You know that easily. Um, and then the important thing for me, remember the story of my first home, final walkthrough. That was never offered to me, and I had no idea that was an option. Had I done a final walkthrough prior to closing, I would have known right the second the door opened that they hadn't moved out yet. 
and uh, and would have been aware. So you have the right to reinspect, check for repairs that you may be negotiated, ask for receipts, do a final walkthrough. That's a huge milestone that you need to be aware of as well. And then wiring funds to closing and actually doing the closing. You know, those are sort of the end, the end milestones. So some good things there to just sort of be aware of and watch for to make sure that they're happening um, so that you know that things are on track. When we come back in the final segment, we're going to talk about the seller side of things because, like I said, it's a little bit trickier because they don't have that inside track and inside knowledge from um, the lender, which is sort of the person who's driving a lot of 75% of the transaction at that point is kind of driven by the lender. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. We are talking today about the major milestones in a real estate transaction. And I want to make sure we get to the seller side of things as we've been talking about the buyer side of things. One point I want to make is that at the end of the day, there's still going to be uncertainty. It is not over until it is over. And no matter how hard we try, like last week, I felt like we were hitting the milestones. I was checking in with the realtor. Uh, I thought I was asking the right questions, but she was in the dark as well about a lot of things and thought everything was on track. Um, 
so, uh, you know, there are there's still going to be some uncertainty. There's still going to be, you know, the occasional breakdowns, people who choose not to communicate with the other parties. And that is super unfortunate. You can't control that necessarily. But like I said, you know, last week would be a complete waste if I didn't look back and go, okay, well, what can we do? What questions maybe could I have asked to help us be a little bit better informed? There's nothing I could have done that would have helped us close. <laughs> It just wasn't going to happen. We're still not going to close for several weeks. But, um, you know, sure, it would have felt a lot better if we had known that a week ahead of time and not, you know, after we had, my client had driven 50 miles to closing. So uh, just going through the list quickly from beginning of transaction to end of transaction, earnest money. Uh, as the seller, you want to know that the earnest money was turned in by the deadline that's held by the listing brokerage. So you don't get it as the seller. Um, but if it's not turned in by the deadline, you can cancel the contract. So you want the realtor to just kind of let you know. I usually try and give a heads up. Got the earnest money, you know, first step check because that's sort of right. the first thing. Uh, and there are times where the earnest money doesn't show up and you kind of go, what happened? Um, then the signing of the loan documents and the loan application, which we talked about on the buyer side, but, you know, certainly you just want to ask your realtor, uh, on the selling side, you know, was loan application complete? That's a fair question, I think. Um, and hopefully, uh, the, um, the, 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 the buyer inside can tell you that. And I think it is a fair question. It's in the contract. Yeah. And it, like you said, it says you need to have your you know, formal financing or whatever right. within so many days. Yeah. So. Uh, and like I said, I have had um, a buyer. I was on the selling side, the listing side. Um, but I had a buyer lose earnest money because they didn't apply for the loan. And they were trying to get out of the deal. And it was like, we're going to apply for the loan. And, you know, we're three weeks in, and you said you were going to apply for a loan within five. So guess what? Right. You're a breach of contract in multiple ways, and this is the one we're going to choose to enforce. Uh, title insurance ordered. We just talked about that. But on this listing side, when you're selling a property, you want to make sure that that gets done. And part of that is Karen's shaking her finger at me because she knows I'm. Uh, this is a uh, an area I need some improvement on. No. Is the mortgage payoff. Oh, no, uh, not just the mortgage okay. payoff, but like... Um, I'm I'm working with one now, and I mean it's going to close. But and I'm assuming that the current owner realizes these outstanding oh, judgments yeah, and liens too. and things. And I could just imagine what if you did not realize that there was something tied to that property, yeah. and now you're not going to get proceeds. Yeah. Instead, you have to bring money. Yeah, you know. I had a deal earlier this year where I was representing the buyer; the seller was representing themselves trying to help as much as I could, but my job was to represent the buyer. And the title company called me the day before closing and said, um, do you realize there's like $80,000 worth of liens on this $100,000 property? And the numbers weren't going to work. And I was like, okay, you know, um, so that, yeah, you definitely want to um, make sure that you're aware of if there's any, you know, judgments or anything attached um, but also the mortgage payoff I've had some deals get delayed because some mortgage companies see so your the title company has to ensure that the mortgage gets paid off and therefore they have to request I have clients all the time and they say well here I can bring my statement and it shows what my payoff is no yeah. doesn't work like that the mortgage company is going to physically pay off your mortgage themselves the title company. The title company, sorry. The title company is going to pay off your mortgage themselves, and so they have to request through a certain department uh, what your mortgage payoff is, not what it says online, not what it says on your statement. They have to request that. Some companies get that back to them in five minutes. Some companies take five days. 
And so I've had a few where it's like we're kind of like late getting that back. And then it's like, oh, crap, we're waiting on that. Uh, yeah, it's one of those like if you know the title company will provide a, uh, a third party request that the that the seller can mm-hmm. sign and say, yes, you're you know authorized to receive this information so they can get a jump start on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to do that now at the beginning of the transaction. There's a form that you need to fill out on that. All right. Uh, know what your inspection deadline is. I'm surprised at how many sellers kind of like, I don't know, they should be responding sometime soon. I mean, that should be circled on your calendar. Mm-hmm. You need, you should know that. That That's a good number. That's a good thing to know. Um, the appraisal visit and review, you know, it's a good question to ask your realtor about two to three weeks prior to closing. Did the appraisal come in okay? Well, that's one of the things that comes in okay. And if it's not a problem, you never hear anything about it. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like, we're like, all right, that's good. Check it off the list and we move on and we forget to go back to the sellers and go, hey, everything's fine. Now, I do want to be clear that it's rare in our market that the seller actually knows how much the house appraised for. Yes, that is very rare. Because think about this. If the appraisal came back $20,000 higher, as a seller, wouldn't you kind of be like, well, maybe I should kill this deal? And go and find a buyer who's willing to pay twenty thousand dollars more for it. Right. So it doesn't. It's not in the buyer's best interest, and the buyer owns that appraisal because they paid for it. Mm-hmm. So it's not in their best interest. What we want to know is: Did it appraise for enough? Is the value okay? And then are there any condition issues that need to be addressed? So you definitely want to make sure that you know once inspection's done. You know, you want to ask some questions. Is the appraisal okay? Can we check that off our milestone list and make sure that uh, we can move on to the next one? Um, that initial underwriting approval, that's a, that's a good milestone to find out, to keep track of too, just to make sure that the borrower, you know, everything came in. A lot of times that pre-qualification is just the borrower verbally saying, this is how much I make, this is what my debt is. When you get that initial underwriting approval, it means they reviewed all the documents um, so you can feel pretty good about it. And then same thing with that final approval and that clear to close. Um, And then like we've talked about before, that closing disclosure is the seller, you don't necessarily get a document three days before closing that you have to sign. But this this is my learning point for me. Mm -hmm. I needed to ask the specific question. (laughs) Because I asked the buyer's agent, everything okay? Are we on track? Yep, everything's fine. Had I said... Can you confirm for me that the seller, the buyer's disclosure has been sent out and signed? They would have been like, no, it hasn't. Or they would have had to ask the lender. I mean, they would have right. had to dig to get that answer. Right. And then we would have been on, you know, four days before closing and said, wait, there's a problem. Right. Instead of the day before closing. So this is a, a note to myself. But as a seller, you can ask that question, too. There is a closing disclosure that must go out no less than three days before. This is a new thing. I say new. It's been a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, and some, some lenders require an actual signature. Yeah. A real live signature yeah. on yeah. it or... Or can be a viewed electronic. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, the last thing is that final walkthrough. I mean, I certainly, I get so many sellers who get defensive. Why do they want to do a final walkthrough? And, you know, sellers, you're stressed out because you're packing. Everything's boxed up. The house is a mess. Let them walk through the damn house. Right. You know, they are spending more money than they've ever spent on anything in their life. Let them make sure that it's still in the same condition than, uh, than it was when they, you know, last time they were in it right. for inspections or whatever. So let them do that. But the more you can provide in terms of receipts, pictures of work that was done, if there was anything that was negotiated during inspections, that's going to make that last step a lot easier too. But my gosh, don't, I, it is stunning to me how many people take, sellers take offense to that. 
I don't know. It's probably like, oh gosh, it's a mess. We got boxes well, that's everywhere. Fine. I and know. You know what I tell them? I say, if you weren't boxed up, the buyers would be panicked right. because they'd be like, what the hell? Why aren't you moving out? Right? right. So that's fine. But you want to confirm the general condition. I had one years ago where we went for the final walkthrough and there was like this decorative cutting board that was always on the kitchen counter. We never thought to move it because it, whatever it was, that's, you know, and it was gone and there was this giant burn spot underneath it. And we're like, whoa. Like, that should have been disclosed, and it was sort of being artfully hidden. You know, we had time to deal with it prior to closing, and we came to a resolution that everybody was happy, and then it was a good, you know. My goal at the end of the day is to create win-win situations. I do not believe with all my heart and soul that you have to go into a real estate transaction with an adversarial attitude towards the other party. It's not necessary. I don't care what HGTV and Million Dollar Listings tells you. It is not necessary. Mm -hmm. Can't we all just get along? That's all I want. So, thank you, engineer. <laughs> Comments from the peanut gallery. Um, okay, so I think that's about it for today. Um, that's some good information so that you can sort of help stay in control, demand to understand where the process is. Don't just be going along, you know, I, I guess is a vision of like being pulled behind like on a raft, like a tube, you know, going tubing like behind us. Yeah. yeah, on a speedboat. And you're just like holding on for dear life. <laughs> that's not where you should be driving that damn speedboat. Yes. Okay. So that's what I want for you. All right. If you have any questions about that, always feel free to give me a, a holler. And uh, and we will be back next week with some more great information. This is Deb Tomorrow signing out. Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.